When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. It's the morning after a crazy night of playoff hockey last night. I don't know if any of us expected the Battle of Alberta to kick off that way, but it was certainly know. something. <laughs> I will say this, Leah, and if you go back and listen to the Brad Trilliving um, story, I did say this could be 7-6. I think I said it exactly 7-6 because of the offensive firepower. So, And I also called that Mike Smith would get pulled in one of the first two games. I didn't anticipate it would be the first three minutes of the game. <laughs> and I don't think Markstrom was very good either. Like I don't think it was good goaltending all around. Like What the hell happened to that series? Good grief. Terrell Sutter's quote in the post game was great, huh? Amazing. He, he just deadpanning that. I've, I've, I've been in a lot of scrums with him. That was just, that was a great quote. We were told it was a boring series last time. So I told the players yesterday, we got to score seven to go, seven to 10 goals today. <laughs> i tell you what, though, as a fan, I mean, it must have been painful if you're in the management or coaching staff of either team. But as a fan, heck yeah. Like, let's score goals. I, I, that was fantastic. The other one was one nothing until the last like for what, 55 five minutes? minutes yeah it was one nothing so I, I don't know good hockey good hockey all the way around and, and playoff hockey is fantastic and can't wait till the coyotes are playing in playoffs of their own you know it's funny i tweeted uh, that after they went up like 2-0 like instantly like they're making things easier on brad trilliving's ticker and then they blow a four goal lead so he had to be going nuts up i was thinking about him so much especially his quote about just feeling helpless watching in the box and if you haven't right. seen that quote it's on our twitter at phnx underscore coyotes um but yeah I, I, all i was thinking about was that and then another element to last night shane who is the host of phnx bets daily bet under one and a half goals in the first period of that game Whoops. so that bet was literally done with in the first Man, that didn't hit <laughs> 50 seconds (laughs) so yeah just just entertaining stuff all around but that's not what we're here to talk about today we're talking about more draft things more future looking things because that's what the coyotes offseason is all about and craig has a story coming soon on Logan Cooley, who is a name that Coyotes fans have gotten familiar with um, over the last little bit here. He's a name that Corey Pronman mentioned could uh, fall to the Coyotes. He's a possibility as 
a draft target with the Coyotes picking at number three and with New Jersey possibly not opting for a small center. And that brings us to today's discussion, small centers, and is drafting one worth it? 5'10". 5'11". Oh, excuse me. He's 5'11 now. Okay. (laughs) He grew an inch. Yeah, air Um, quotes, small centers, right? Yeah, and that's one of the things, before we even dive deep into this, when you start looking at some of the players we're talking about, eh, eh. Like it really, like I've stood, I've stood next to some of these guys. No, you're not five, eight. You're not five, nine. Like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess we don't have to pull the tape measure up next to him, but eh, it, and we don't mean in skates. How tall are you? Are you saying they're shorter than that or taller? I'm saying they are shorter than that. Mm. I'm saying there has been a tendency over time for shorter statured players to say they're taller than they are. And and I'll say in the same breath, there's guys that are lighter that say they're heavier, and there's guys that are heavier that say they're lighter. And until we have some sort of standard um, for media notes, this is going to continue. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of these guys are shorter than they say they are, period. NHL.com lists Connor Garland at 5'10". Oh, there's no way. No comment. <laughs> I'm taller than him, and yeah, I've stood next to him, like, and I'm 5'9". Yeah, he's like 5'7". <laughs> yeah. Like, but, so, and, and there's my point. And I think that that's so. And the title of the show is Does Size Matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the debate then, because the NHL, obviously, it's a, it's a tough league. I think size does matter in that sense to some degree. But we've also seen smaller players have a lot of success. The thing is, a lot of those smaller players play on the wing there's only a few smaller centers in the league so I guess my question to start off with was is why does size and height matter at the center position specifically PD I'm gonna let you take this one because you're a coach yeah and this there's a couple things here the center position isn't about taking face-offs. It is, and it's part of it. It's absolutely a piece of it. Being able to take a, a face-off is a centerman's job. But the big part of their job as a centerman is defending and being able to defend below the top of the circles, specifically in the corners, wall battles, be strong on sticks, and be able to defend. And when you talk about defending, especially in tight areas, below the goal line, in the corners, in front of the net, You need to be strong, you need to be strong on sticks, and you do need to be able to push players off the puck. So size does matter when you're defending down low. So what have I seen over time? There are times that there will be centermen that defend in more of a winger position, meaning they play higher in the zone and they defend the opponent's defenseman, what you traditionally think of where a winger defends. And then in the offensive zone, what a centerman does is he's got a little more freedom to roam around. So that's why you want your offensive guys in the middle of the ice because they can find more space as a centerman. It's third man high, usually in the slot and that area. So you want your skilled guys to have that freedom to roam. So it has happened where you can have a smaller centerman that has someone else take the pressure down low where you have a bigger, stronger winger that plays center, as it were, down low in your defensive zone, but then you have the freedom offensively in the other end. That is why you do see these smaller players that play center all the way through their career moving to the wing, i.e. Clayton Keller. And that's why you see those players who Clayton Keller was drafted as a centerman and he was a center. He was a center in college, but he moves to the wing because of his ability to play in those tight areas down low below the goal line. 
And when you look at the list of short wings, there's so many. Cole Caulfield, Alex Dabrinkit, Johnny Gaudreau, Brad Marchand, Matt Zuccarello, the list goes on. There's so many smaller wings, but the list of smaller centers, it, it was a lot harder to find. Um, a couple of players that were listed as centers on NHL.com who were under six feet, Braden Point, Yanni Gore, Jonathan Marchessault, um, you mentioned one before we went on air who's retired, correct? Yeah, Marcel Dion, who was probably one of the best small centers of all time. And in, in an era where there was more stick grabbing and tougher and a more manly man game than it is now, I'm not saying it's whatever, it was just different. It was different back then. And Marcel Dion excelled at, at a smaller stature as a centerman and one of the more prolific scorers of all time. So it can be done. It's just the coaches have the tendency to move those smaller players to the outside. And in the list of wingers, as you brought up, you got Johnny Hockey and Brad Marchessault and Zuccarello and Dabrinka. You know, Patrick Kane is not a big player. Clayton Keller is not a big player. All of these guys are effective NHL players, and they're able to create offense in the offensive zone. But they do it more on the periphery and more with their skill than they do driving through the middle and being a hard player to defend in net front and driving the lane off of off of the rush. They're more on the perimeter. Now, every player you mentioned, great player, great offensive player. And, and you're going to see these names like Johnny Goudreau is going to be a big factor in the playoffs. It's just you don't see those smaller guys in the middle of the ice. And you talk about the three you mentioned, Point, Gordon, Marchessault. Um, very that defensive minded players that have offensive upside. So they're able to defend because they have good stick. They're incredibly high IQ hockey players. And that's how they're able to get away with their smaller stature. They know how to go into a corner and win a battle. And this brings up the other point because another position player that is starting to get smaller over time is the defenseman. You got Adam Fox, you got Jared Spurgeon. Like you can be a defensive Ryan Ellis. Like there are very good small statured defensemen and talk about having to win a battle. You just have to be really, really, really smart. And you have to know how to defend other ways than with physical brute force. You have to have good stick. You have to have good feet. You got to have speed and you got to be able to get in and out of areas quickly. So can it happen? Absolutely. You better be a good skater and you better be really smart and have a great high-end hockey IQ. And apparently, Logan Cooley checks those boxes. Yeah, that's that's a good segue because I want to bring up the scouting report on Logan Cooley. He is, by all accounts, viewed as a player who's good in all three zones, really, really attentive to the defensive details, good in his own zone. So that's a good sign. He's playing for the program. He's going to play college hockey. I think those avenues, those routes to the pros help a player play a more complete game as well. That that's the that's the talk of him. And the other side of this, if Logan Cooley is in fact really 5'11, and we'll find out when he gets here, we'll be able to do that eyeball test if he's actually drafted by the Coyotes. If he is in fact 5'11, it's not that small, right? It's it's more like he's a mid-sized center. You know who else is 5'11? Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. <laughs> And Joe Sackick, there, there are a yeah. lot of examples of guys who are 5'11". So if he's that size, okay, that's not as big a deal. He thinks he's still growing as well, by the way. So we'll see. We'll see if this is that much of a factor. One of the things that I think about with, with guys that are smaller in stature like this, guys that have come up, if you look at like a, like a guy like Dan, Danny Briere, who was with the Coyotes, when he was with Philadelphia, for instance, uh, having success, when they went to the cup final against the Blackhawks, well, what else do the Flyers have in their lineup? They have some other centers that are bigger. A guy like uh, Jeff Carter, 
bring size to the center position. So you can relieve some of that pressure in matchups by having a guy like Jeff Carter. I think that can be important as well. Not sure that the Coyotes have that level of player in their top six yet. Barrett Hayton's not quite as big as uh, Jeff Carter, but he, you know he's a he's a pretty hefty guy, so he might be able to fill that bill. Maybe they put someone else in that role because Jack McBain looks more like a, a bottom six center. But that's a factor that I consider when wondering whether a guy of you know maybe smaller or even medium stature can succeed as a number one center in the NHL. Do you think? Yeah, I think that. Oh, go ahead, Petey. Sorry. No, yeah, and I, and I to go along with that. That's another important thing we've talked about with the draft specifically is you have to account for how does it in fit into what you've done. How does it fit into your lineup? How does it fit into what you're doing going forward? And that's one of the reasons us as prognosticators in the game of hockey and again i've said over and over again i'm wrong often when we look at the new jersey devils that's why we don't think the new jersey devils are going to take logan cooley because they have that player already they have a logan cooley in their lineup so maybe he doesn't fit maybe the big physical up and down winger fits what they're trying to do more so when you talk about drafting, it's not just the player and the skill. It's how does that player fit within your system and in your organization and your development plan. And that's why as a group, I think we all kind of think Logan Cooley may fall now at 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Maybe you're not done growing. And maybe this whole episode six months from now, we're going to go, Oh shit, he's six feet tall. <laughs> and you just, the magic is from you. Right. Yeah. Which changes yeah. everything when he gets from five eleven to six feet for some reason. It's, it's exactly. kind of funny, right? Exactly. So maybe this isn't necessarily a Logan Cooley discussion, just as a philosophical discussion on what it takes to play up the middle of the ice. That yes, that is. And, you know, we always say Bill Armstrong's whole MO is size, um, a big team, but you look at some of the most highly skilled players in the world, they're not, you know, giants at all. We already mentioned some of them. So do you think that if Logan Cooley is available, that Bill Armstrong will go for it? And this is all of us speculating, by the way. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Important to say that as well. But here, here's what I would say. Bill Armstrong is going to have a say, certainly, in, in who they draft because he's a scout by trade and he's actually done scouting this season. But remember, Daryl Plandowski is the director of amateur scouting. Daryl Plandowski drafted Braden Point. And, and Daryl Plandowski believes that you have to have a blend of those guys. You know, you have to have a blend of skill. If you get a guy like that that's available and you really think he can be a difference maker, yeah, you, you take a guy like that. And let me read you a quote from Plandowski that I tweeted recently um, that, that is pertinent here. Size is important. Every team that I've been with, we talk about wanting size. But then you have to weigh the talent against the size. It's that happy medium where you say, this guy is big, but is he talented enough to play in the National Hockey League? Everybody wants to get a little bigger and make sure they're big enough. You don't want to be tiny, but you still want to make sure you have skill and guys who can skate and compete. The year we took Braden Point, a lot of teams came to me and said they didn't take Braden Point because everybody wanted to get bigger. That included us in Tampa Bay. We wanted to get bigger. But when a guy like that falls, that's when having extra picks is nice. Now, obviously, it's a little different situation with the number three overall pick. He's not falling, but I think the overall point remains. You have to have that blend of skill and size. And if you have a player that you think is exceptional on the skill list, 
God knows the Coyotes need those types of players in the middle of the ice because they haven't had them in 20 years. Yeah, and you mentioned in that quote, he said, that's what's nice about having all those picks. Who knows who the Coyotes are going to land later in the draft where we look back five years from now and say, can you believe they got this player in the fourth round? And that's kind of how we talk about Connor Garland a lot um, for the Coyotes. And he's a smaller player too, taking the the risk on a smaller player who has the skill upside kind of like what Plandowski said with Braden Point. It's like, how can you not? And now look at Braden Point. We're saying he's an X factor in this series and he was him possibly being out of the lineup was a reason we weren't picking Tampa to even win their series. So it's just so interesting to see. And, and, you know, building a team isn't, it's not about having like all skilled players. It's not about being, everyone has to be above six feet. It's the, the combination of, all of those things and creating kind of the perfect roster. And we talked about the ability of this game to keep evolving and changing too. And when the clutching and grabbing and hooking and holding and all of those things went away or, or changed the way the game is played, you started to see the smaller stature player being able to excel. And Craig and I had the opportunity to talk to Danny Breer recently, and it's we're going to see that later on as we get closer to the draft, but he's a player who's, game he happened to hit right when all these rule changes were happening when he was in arizona you could clutch and grab and hook and and stop the smaller players and you didn't see the smaller players he goes to buffalo and his career elevates as the rules start to change and i think today's game you know what maybe at least for games one through 82 the smaller players can really excel um playoffs we've just seen it in the last few weeks man things ramp up Things get different. It's a it's a big boy game. In, in this, to you win the Stanley Cup, yes, you can be small and be successful. But bring your big boy pants because this is a tougher game, and and those guys have less room, less time, less space um, to do what they do. I'm not saying they can't be excellent players in the playoffs. It's just different. Game one through eighty two, there's more room, there's more time, there's more space, and the young smaller players can excel. And I think that that. That maybe is a difference maker here. And when you talk about the Arizona Coyotes over the next two seasons, the likelihood of them making the playoffs, mm, debatable. And so is it is it a situation now we can get a smaller stature player into the lineup, learn the game, play the game, and not have to battle in those situations for a couple of years, get their, their feet underneath them and learn the game, learn their way around the National Hockey League. And then when you're ready, to make that jump to the playoffs and, and the game heats up. Now you go, shit, this kid's already got a hundred games under his belt. He's ready to go. Like he, he can handle this now. So, you know, and, and I know maybe we shouldn't continue to talk about Logan Cooley as small, but we'll use that six foot benchmark. And I looked at Colorado's def- forwards, uh, excuse me, center ice, you know, Kadri and, and camp comfort JT comfort. And you look at, wow, they're not very big. Both listed at six feet. And so it's that six feet magic line. And that's a team that, you could look up the middle of the ice, man. They're not maybe not just big, but that's a really good team. And that's why they are one of the teams favored to win the cup because they're good down the middle of the ice. Another thing that I want to mention that has also evolved is sports science and the way that hockey players approach their training. And I think that also can play a huge role. If you look at why Sidney Crosby is, I mean, besides his brain, which is on another level, but why he's so successful physically is he's so strong down low. Like he, you, it's so hard to win puck battles against him because he's just, he's like, he's so strong in his legs. Um, 
And I think, you know, you have players have the ability to control that aspect. You know, you can't control how tall you are, but you can control your training. So that might have something to do with it. Another thing is I just, and I, I just pulled up um, Connor Bedard's page here and granted he is 16, but he's currently listed at five foot nine and nobody has questioned Connor Bedard's height and talking about his hype going forward. So something to keep an eye on. I'm sure, you know, 16, you can still grow. Um, but just throwing that out there as well. So let me throw this possibility at you. If the Coyotes draft Logan Cooley and then they win the lottery next year, is there concern that they're going to have Connor Bedard and Logan Cooley at the top of their lineup as their top two centers? No. It's foot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lee on that one, and that's a hard no. <laughs> we don't do, that's a problem you'll deal with when you when you have to. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, we got Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard. I think we can, we'll figure that one out. We'll we'll draft a couple of six foot four guys to play on the sides of them, and maybe you get a six foot five defenseman to protect everything. Yeah, I, I think they'd be just fine with that. Petey, what is a guy like this? You know, we, we we've heard that he is good in all three zones. We, we we've we've heard that he has really good defensive details. And I, you know, I talked to his youth coach this morning. I'm going to have a story on him tomorrow. Um, he said, that's been there. Like from an early age, he's always been that responsible guy with a, a really high hockey IQ who always understands where he's supposed to be on the ice, which is such a big thing. When he gets to the NHL, what sort of additional challenges is he, is he going to face on those fronts to be able to play an effective two-way game? The biggest thing that happens, Craig, is you evolve and go step to step to step where it's from, you know, mites to peewees to bantams all the way up. It's always about how quickly the game happens around you and how fast the game is and how you're going to need to make the decisions you made a year ago. You need to make that same decision, but you need to make it faster. And the NHL being the best league in the world is also the fastest league in the world. And your decision making time is fractions of a second you don't have time to think where you do when you're younger. You watch a junior hockey game, the pace is just different. Not meaning that there aren't guys that can't skate fast because they skate fast. It's not that. It's the pace of the game and the, the way the puck gets delivered from the defensive zone to the offensive zone and how much time and space you have to make decisions. That evaporates in the NHL. And you can see it when you go down to the American League. Go down to Tucson and watch a game and watch their high-skilled top offensive players and how they're able to make plays because they have time and that first game they get called up they're getting stick checked and they're getting pushed off pucks and they don't have the room and they can't make the plays it's the evolution of being able to do exactly what you did at your level at a quicker faster higher level and i think the biggest thing that that you're going to see in any player trying to make the jump from junior hockey or even european hockey some of these players that are 18 playing against men it's still europeans even a bigger task because they're playing on a bigger ice surface and we have bigger ice surface you have way more time because there's just more space so you can get higher speeds going because there's more room but there aren't those tight quarters that you're gonna have here so i think the biggest thing for all of these kids getting drafted right now and this summer is their ability to make the same decisions at a much faster pace. And I tell you what, you can train, you can go to the gym, you can lift weights, you can eat right, you can do everything right until you're out there. And I don't even mean your first training camp um, practices. When you get in your first preseason game, it's, oh, shit, this is fast. And, and I know if fans have seen games from the glass versus the press box, 
you notice the speed immediately, how fast things happen. So for Logan Cooley, yeah, I mean, you're playing games in the USHL. You're playing against teenagers. It's it's not the same game as what he's going to have to experience moving forward. And, and, you know, honestly, Craig, the biggest difficulty for a guy being drafted first or second, the impulse is to put that player in your lineup. The first impulse is he's drafted first or second. He's got to play. He's got to make this team. We got to get him up there. And honestly, I don't know if the third pick has as much as that. Did they have to rush him in? And so the Coyotes might have a luxury at three where it's not, oh, shit, he doesn't have to play next year. We can send him back. He wants to go to the University of Minnesota. Let him play. I agree. Especially when you think about the environment that the Coyotes are going to have next season. I'm not, I'm not saying like the, the room is bad or anything like that, but it's not going to be a successful team. They're not going to be winning. Do you really want to put him in that situation? And, and where are you going to play Logan Cooley if he plays with the Coyotes next year? Can you really afford to play him high up in the lineup? Is that good for his development? Can you play him low with guys that aren't skilled? That doesn't make sense either to me. So I wonder about all that stuff. Go ahead. You, you have some thoughts on that. No, but, but I just said, and you're talking about, we talked about speed and levels. He's playing in the USHL for NDP. Yeah. I get it. And he's played on a world stage and world championship, world junior championship. I get that. But to go from the USHL to the National Hockey League. Three steps. <laughs> well, I don't care how good you are. Like, that's, wow. Like, it's not even in the same universe of, of skill level, speed, talent, size. Like, it, give the kid a break get it get him a chance to develop and i'm a big proponent and we will have this debate on and on about junior hockey versus college hockey i'm a big supporter of college hockey unless you are that extremely high-end pick and i'll tell you why college hockey players get more practice time than juniors they play fewer games so you are practicing monday through thursday juniors play an nhl schedule you're getting practice time similar to what you get in the nhl so game it gets you game ready Juniors is a great place for that. High skill, great league. College just is different. You, you, you can go into these Big Ten schools and you have, you're have you working out in a Big Ten football weight room. I mean, you have, you have more access to different things on a college campus than you do on a junior level. Juniors throw you right into an, it. It prepares you for pro hockey. It really does it. The pro hockey schedule against pro hockey players. I think for Logan Cooley and his development, college is going to be fantastic more practice time, more one-on-one time with coaches, better time to develop your skill, better food options and better nutrition options and better people around you for strength and conditioning coaching. And again, not saying junior doesn't have that and is not making strides in that direction. College just, that's what they do. That's what college is. It's preparing young adults to be adults in every field of endeavor. So I think for Logan Cooley to go to college, I think that will help him develop much more quickly and be able to jump levels more quickly. And he'll be able to play in the National Hockey League much more soon. Absolutely. And we've seen a lot of very successful NHL players go to college. Jack Eichel, Clayton Keller. And the Coyotes don't need to get better next year. They're still intending to be bad next year. So like Craig mentioned, maybe not an environment you want to put him in. And this is a debate I'm sure we'll continue tomorrow when we talk about Dylan Gunther and where he is and his development. So more to come on that. But also, I mentioned we talked about at the top, the NHL playoffs and how elevated that hockey is. And like we said, it's been really, really, really fun to watch. Um, And if you bet the over in last night's game, I hope you won some good money. Um, Because 
the over definitely hit very early on. And if you want to continue to bet on NHL hockey or the NBA playoffs, you can do so at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. You can also turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with same-game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit you can also parlay it doesn't have to be the same game you can do multiple games and multiple sports so just something to make it a little more fun especially with all of the action happening right now which is a lot and it's a blast so be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use the promo code PHNX that five dollars on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do that's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP new customers only minimum five dollar deposit deposit restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details let me ask you something Petey is there an ideal size for a center in the NHL? Because we're looking at these guys like, okay, you got to get to the six foot, six one, maybe six two. But when you get as big as Marty Hansel, oh, he's going to have back issues. He's going to take a beating. That's that. That's tough to play the position at, at that height. Is there an ideal size for a center? <laughs> Boy, again, back to does size matter? I, I don't know. Is there? I haven't heard that argument. It's too big, too big. I. I honestly don't know. When when you look at the elite centers in the league and the elite high skilled centers, yeah, they're not six three, six four. They're just not. You know, you're that five eleven to six one, six two when you're getting into the the guys that have the ability to skate well enough and fast enough. You know, size obviously when you get to be bigger, your ability to move in tight areas and tight spaces and quickly definitely changes. So. Gosh, I don't know. You, you look at Connor McDavid and and Sidney Crosby. Are they the ideal prototypical center iceman? I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to argue with me that that bigger is better. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard that argument, Craig. I know you need to have all sizes to compete. You're going to want a big centerman. You're going to want somebody six two, six three, up the middle of the ice at some point in your lineup, whether it's a three or a four hole that can they can play in different situations. Yeah. But I guess we'd have to go through and look at the the heights and weights of all those guys that are the elite elite center icemen in this league. I'm curious what scouts would say to that. If they like, if you could build a prototypical center, what would be his size and weight? Obviously, all the skill sets, but just the height and weight. What would that be? I'd, I'd be curious. That'd be a question I'd like to ask. By the way, while we're on here, I asked Chris Peters, uh, "Is Logan Cooley really five eleven? He said, "You check Central Scouting. They're the ones that measure. They verify heights and weights. And on Central Scouting right now, he's listed at five ten. So mm-hmm. he says he's grown to five eleven. I don't know when the last time Central Scouting." measured him maybe he's grown a little bit he thinks he might be growing a little bit still so we'll see maybe logan cooley can reach that magic six foot barrier <laughs> where size won't matter anymore <laughs> is the arc in our conclusion it only matters if you're under six feet <laughs> and I mean, that's talk if- about the middle ice that we talked about you know you talk about matthews mcdavid mckinnon and crosby the biggest one of those listed is Austin Matthews at six foot three and, and everybody else, even McKinnon, who I thought the bigger guys listed at six one. So yeah, eh. Austin yeah. Matthews is uh to me, that's like when I think of a body type for a center that I want play, playing number one center, 
A yeah, six foot, yeah. elicited six three, over two hundred pounds, can skate like the wind. Hands as good as any other player in the National Hockey League, and his knack of scoring clearly, as he he's able to put up sixty goals in a season, he clearly can score goals. So maybe that is, maybe that's the RoboCop prototypical centerman is Arizona's own and future Coyote Austin Matthews. Yeah, and I know everybody talks about Ovi's shot, but man, Austin Matthews might have the best shot in the NHL. I'm different end, different ends of their careers too. So who knows? Maybe what we'll he be can saying. be that big center to protect Logan Cooley. Perfect. Saying, and Connor Bedard. So yeah, I don't oh, think Cooley. That's, that's as long as we're just. Is this like? Uh, no, it doesn't even. It's, there's How no about one. that middle ice? I was going to say like if this were Fantasy Friday, I could say yeah. Let's. How about a depth chart of Logan? Well, Austin Matthews at the top, Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard. Yeah, we'll take that one, but. Wheel of Fantasy. Someone get it out. Where's the parade route going? (laughs) And what are they taking on the parade? Are they taking fire trucks? Fourth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Back to reality, Craig. Back to reality. Well, Craig, reality is you have this article coming out on Logan Cooley soon. So people can expect that tomorrow. Who did you talk to for this story? I talked to Logan. I talked to his. coach with the with the program adam nightingale and then i talked to one of his youth coaches with pittsburgh elite as as well today brian mueller so all three of those guys reflected fun conversation with logan that story will be up on gophnx.com tomorrow morning look at me like leah's like prompting me here's what you say Craig. here's what you say it'll be up on friday morning very early probably before leah wakes up but like seven hours after pd has woken up <laughs> and then uh, on sunday my scouting series begins with a more of a sort of a primer of what to look for and an overview of this all important draft for the Coyotes. This is what's exciting about right now. And now that we know that the Coyotes have picked number three, we can speculate specifically on players. So I know we spent a long time today talking about Logan Cooley. I'm sure we'll spend a whole episode talking about Slavkovsky. I don't even know if I said that right. Anyone? Good, okay, I got man. the thumbs up. Um, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed by, it. The, by the way, I've been watching their video because we're um, doing some video content for draft prospects coming soon to gophnx.com as well. Um, so I've been watching actually video on all of these people. So it, it's really fun um, to talk about and speculate and talk about the future. And tomorrow at 11 a.m. live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, we'll be talking more about Dylan Gunther, who already is drafted so a lot of prospect talk which i personally love and like craig said a lot of great scouting stories and prospect specific stories coming to go phnx.com so be sure to become a member today and also like i mentioned those prospect videos those will be behind the paywall as well so you'll need to be a member to get access to those um so do so today you can get your first year just under 60 dollars and get a shirt from the locker or get your first month just 50 cents if you want to do month to month a lot of great stuff craig is laughing i'm just laughing because i got another text from chris peter saying central scouting has a measured at 510.25 but they will remeasure him at the scouting combine which is coming up really soon so we'll know how tall (laughs) i doubt he's grown an inch and three quarters but maybe he's grown three quarters of an inch since the last time they measured him i don't know all right. Well, we'll we'll stay tuned on that one. Any final notes before we head out today? Nope. No rants. Nothing. <sighs> yeah, you you got a lot of rants out of your system this week, Craig. Yeah, just frustrating, 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 frustrating. Don't like misinformation. Yep. PD, any final thoughts? No, I'm good. Let's get back to the playoffs. I'm in. Yep.
exciting stuff. By the way, uh, on my drive home from work yesterday, I listened to episode two of The Story um, by Tristan C. Sell, the newest podcast in the PHNX family. It's about the story right now is about the Arizona Coyotes and how they ended up in Arizona, how they ended up in Glendale. She talked to some incredible, incredible sources, um, and you get to hear all of their voices. And Craig is one of those sources, but you hear his voice enough. So <laughs> you can listen for um, Paul Bissonnette is on there, Shane Doan, and the list goes on and on and on. So give the story a listen. If you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to the story. This episode two is just 23 minutes long literally my drive to and from work. So it was a great, great listen. Kirsten is such a good storyteller. So be sure to give that a listen. And while you're on your podcasting app, be sure to subscribe and leave our podcast a review as well as follow at phnx underscore coyotes on Twitter. We jumped up in followers yesterday. I feel like maybe people just want to see me eat fake maple syrup. So we're very, very close to that happening. Um, so you follow us on Twitter and, and that'll happen. Craig is already gearing up. Closer than Speedy Vanson, you think? Is that closer than Yeah, I, I got I'll, I'll I'll reach out to some I've got something brewing on that. Then I'll leave it at that for today. Sure you do, Petey. Sure you do. I do. We're forty two to be to be to confirm, we're forty two away from me eating fake maple syrup. So <laughs> stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow live on the PHX Sports YouTube channel at eleven AM. Until then. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.